Good morning. I'm, uh, I'm going to read our announcements for today. <clears throat> First, uh, welcome to the Village Church. Our mission is to know Jesus, <clears throat> to enjoy Jesus, and to, glor- and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. Scanning the QR code located on the front of the worship guides allows you to connect to all online information about our church, the giving of tithes and offerings, along with our special media platforms all in one place. Guests, please click on the menu item for first-time guests. At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. You may give to the vision and mission of the church online, or you may mail a check to our address, 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville, Alabama, 35811. Or after the service, you may drop your offering off in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Important dates uh, coming up, primarily this week, is Monday, October 2nd, uh, Monday men's group, which we'll, we'll meet in the church house at 815. Oh, that's our, my group. Yeah. So we meet at uh, 815, guys, 815. I was about to say, I think, I think somebody's already there, but okay, I got you. I got you. It's us. It's us. Um, Wednesday, that's October 4th, uh, Goodson men's group in the church house will meet. And Thursday, October 5th, at 7 a.m., Shipman Men's Group will meet at Just Love Coffee. Friday, October 6th, O'Neill Men's Group at Bridge Street, Panera. So, man, these men are, they're, they're getting holy together. I love it. Ladies, y'all want to step it up. I don't see any of y'all dates on here. And then Sunday, October 8th, at 9.30 a.m., we have worship service. The last call for signing up for Enter the Village class that begins October 15th will also be Sunday, October 8th. Uh, use the sign-up sheet in the foyer, or you can email Cynthia. It's a great opportunity to learn more about our church, and especially if you want to be a member, it's a great opportunity to get uh, introduced and just because you take the class does not mean you have to become a member afterwards. Volunteers for a trunk or treat are needed. See the flock note to sign up or email Cynthia at enterthevillage.net. There's one announcement that's not on here that I want to announce, and that is you all look very beautiful today. Let's enjoy worship and let's enjoy praising our Christ and Savior.
that with me.
mind. If you would, please stand with me for our call to worship. It comes from uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 3c and verse 6. Please join with me um, where it says, people. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Amen.
It's rising up. 
are, we are his renown. The anthem of the renown is the song of the saints, the song of the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Good morning again. Amen. La was right. You, you do look beautiful. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, now's the time when we have our prayer of praise. I think we want to do a thing a little bit different this morning. I want we're going to open up with a little silent thanksgiving to our Lord, and then I'll begin prayer, and then I'll close this out. Let us begin focusing on our Lord and the goodness that he has done for us this week. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. I want to start by just thanking the Lord for who he is to us. Thanking from how great he is, how powerful how loving, how kind, how gracious, how just, how pure. There are not, there's not enough words to describe our master. There's nothing that we can say can really sum him up in all the things that he does for us when we endure so much during the week. He was faithful to raise us up this morning with power and strength to get here this morning. So we have a lot to be excited about. He has given us another day. He caused the sun to shine. Thank you, Lord, for that. He calls it for it to rain when in its due time, for us to have crops. And he's preparing for us when we're not even thinking about it. He's already prepared tomorrow for us. Uh, we just have to be thankful for what he's going to do. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for loving us when we don't deserve it. Lord, we have sinned against you and done things that, you not, that doesn't please you. But, Lord, you see fit to see past our fall. He says, as far as the east is from the west, our sins are not remembered. If we confess them, your words say, if we're faithful and just to confess our sins, that you will forgive us. So, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for the grace, Lord, when we deserve death, when you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins. And it's almost like cliche because everybody gets up and pray and we say the same thing about you coming down, but it was so powerful. And so important to, to our life and life more abundantly. Lord, if you didn't come, if you had not come down, we would have been doomed, eternally separated. So, Lord, I thank you for the gospel. But, Lord, I pray that the gospel is continuing to re-ran in our brain throughout the course of the week so we can understand, Lord, if you don't do it, it won't get done. And if you do do it, we are in the right place. And the safest place in the whole wide world is in the arms of the Father, in the Master's hand. So, Lord, I thank you, Master, for the food that you put on the table. Lord, we, I've gained weight. So, Lord, you are good. You are gracious. More than, Lord, you're too good. So, Lord, I thank you for that. 
Lord, we woke up this morning, Lord, and we didn't have a morning dew on our forehead, meaning we had shelter. We forget the small things. Lord, we woke up and our sinuses was not impacting us this morning. Lord, you are good. I've seen a young man with his arm broken, but Lord, we, we trust and know the Lord that you're going to fix his arm today. For you are a healer. You, you have raised an individual from the dead, and there are many witnesses, Lord. We sometimes soon to forget how good you really are. Lord, you can fix the heart and the mind, all of them at the same time. Lord, you are good. Lord God, when we have, sometimes we don't feel at our best and we don't know which way we're going. Lord, sometimes as men, we don't have direction. Sometimes we don't even know how to lead our household well. But Lord, you know. Lord, we don't know how to lead our kids well. But Lord, you know, and we're thankful that you will stand in the gap Lord, when we can't stand in there. Lord, when we don't feel like we're the best to our families. Lord, you are a father to the fatherless, a mother to the motherless, a comforter to the comforter. So, Lord, I pray that you will give us your peace today. That, Lord, you will help us to be kind to ourselves. That you will help us to be kind to one another. Lord, I pray that we will know how to let our light shine in the world, Lord God, that they will see a difference. Lord, I pray that, I don't pray that you humble us, but Lord, I hope we will find our own way because humble, being humbled by you come with a much more circumstances that I don't want to sign up for. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would show us what it means to die to self and consider others more so than yourself, says Philippians. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that we can look in the mirror and know that what we should look like because you modeled it says James. James said we look in the mirror and we don't obey your rules and your regulations and your statutes. It's like a man looking in the mirror and forgetting what he looks like. But we should look like our master on a daily. So we thank you, Lord God, that you have paved the way. Lord, we're thankful also, Lord God, that um, we don't have to do it. You have given us your Holy Spirit that will lead us into all truth. To all, not, not some of them, all truth. And our only responsibility is what? To be obedient. Lord, help us, give us strength to be obedient. Give us what we are lacking in ourselves to be obedient to you. And Lord, to stand tall for you. For your grace is sufficient. Lord God, I thank you for our children. I I pray that you continue to hold them up by your righteous right hand. Lord, I pray that they'll put their hope and their faith in you. Lord God, I pray that they will seek you while you may be found, says your scripture, Isaiah. Lord, I pray that, Lord God, that they will put their hope in you, not in their parents, not in what they've seen in their parents, but, Lord, they got a relationship with of their own that they can pursue. Lord God, that you will speak to them as you did, in the, as, as you spoke to Moses and the burning bush. Lord, that you will speak to them, Lord, speak to their heart, and they'll know your voice. They will know your voice because they know what you do do. They'll know that you'll be a, a faithful God, a just God, and a righteous God who hears the call of his sheep. So, Lord, I pray this day. I also pray, and I thank you for this word, Lord. I know it's going to be powerful because it's from you. Amen. I thank you, Lord God, for this word. For I know the, the man that's in charge, that you established him, is going to decrease, that you're going to increase. I pray that he know that he don't have to do it, but you will do it for us as you always have. Man, I'm thankful this morning. I'm thankful for the strength that you've given everyone. And if anyone is, I pray for the sick and shut in, those who are ill. Lord, I pray that they know you to be a healer and that you will come. 
you will come. You sent your father, you sent your son down, and he came. So, Lord, I thank you for this time. May it continue to be sweet. In your name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Now we will have the confession of sin and the pardon of sin. So the confession of sin, God of everlasting love, we confess that we have been unfaithful in our relationship with you and with one another. We have worshipped other gods, money, power, and convenience. We have served our own self-interest instead of serving you and your people. We have not loved our neighbor as you have commanded, nor have we rightly loved ourselves. Forgive us, gracious God, and bring us back into the fullness of our relationship with you and one another. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now a moment of silence. The assurance of pardon is from Colossians 1, 21 and 22. And it says, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. Amen. So, a few weeks ago, um, I was having a, a hard time. <laughs> I'd um, been having an extended stay in the land of hard times. Um, some of y'all know what that's like. And um, this song came into my mind, and I know it wasn't just me thinking, I wasn't thinking, Lord, you, you know, I want a song, I know the Spirit brought this song to my mind, um, and I'm grateful for that, and it has just ministered to me um, since then, because even when, um, even when we don't feel okay, because our lives are hidden with Christ, we are okay. Um, even when things feel uncertain, we are standing on solid ground. Um, if we place our faith and trust in Jesus, he is a strong foundation. He is a cornerstone. He is a bedrock. Um, he is a solid rock. And so I invite you, if you are able, to stand and sing this song of assurance this morning, because maybe you need that reminder, because you're in a, a season of extended stay and difficulty, that even if you don't feel okay, you are good, not because of anything that you've done, but because of the faithfulness of the Father and the love of His Son. On Christ's solid rock we stand, all other ground is sinking sand. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the Son. 
I know she just told you guys to sit down, but I'm going to ask you to stand again (laughs) as I read John 5, 1 through 18, our scripture for the day. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades, and this And these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man who was there, one man was there who had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred up, and while I am going 
another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once, the man was healed. And he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. They asked him, who is the man that said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. This is why the Jews were seeking the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. This is the word of God. You may be seated. I'm in. 
Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you are more than we need. You are, and nothing's impossible for you. Nothing. You hold our every moment. You hold all of our circumstances. You hold our very life in the palm of your loving hand. You're with us to the very end. So thank you, Lord Jesus. And even now you make intercession for us as you sit next to the Father's right hand. Even right now you're still our advocate. And you adore us and you like us and you love us. And you're with us to the very end of the age. And so I pray that through the power of your spirit that the, the word that comes forth today will be a word that brings a, a lot of encouragement to your beloved, that, that to their hearts and to their minds, to their very lives, that, that the word will, will speak into the places of life that needs encouragement, that may need healing, that may need some motivation, that may need some discipline, that, that may need some hope, Lord. So I pray that the word will fall into fertile soul, soft hearts, humble hearts, teachable minds. And I pray for all this in Christ's wonderful name. Amen. I, I went to college at uh, Valdosta State uh, University uh, in Valdosta, Georgia. It's one of the hottest places on the face of the earth. It's so hot down there. And one day, uh, I noticed uh, a young, a fellow student uh, struggling to get up the sidewalk. She was in, in, in her wheelchair, and she was having a hard time uh, getting up the sidewalk. And, and she was in, in front of me as I was walking to, to class that day. And I've seen her around campus before, uh, getting around just fine. But this day, she was, she was just having a hard time this day, just having a hard time. And so... And so I picked up my pace and, and, and tried to catch up to her, and, and I grabbed the, the back of her, the handles on her, her wheelchair. Then she threw her hands up in frustration as I pushed her up the sidewalk. And I didn't know why she was so frustrated with me that day. But now as I was praying for this message, I kind of think maybe I messed up as I was trying to help her. I did what I did with good intentions. You know, I did what I did without even introducing myself. I did what I did without even asking, did she even need my help? Maybe I, I robbed her of some of her dignity by with my good intentions. Maybe she needed more, more than just my pity and, and me feeling sorry for her. Maybe she needed me to see past her disability and see that she had value and dignity and self-worth as an image bearer of God. Maybe that could have happened if, if I would have just slowed down and said, hey, excuse me, it looks like you may be having a hard time. Would you like some help? Excuse me. My name is Alex. I'm a fellow student here. It looks like you're having a hard time. Would you like some help? 
Would you like some Jesus? Today we're going to see Jesus ask a, a similar question in John chapter 5. Saying he may be asking some of you that similar question as well in John chapter 5. And so open your, if you have your Bible or your Bible out, please open it to John chapter 5. That's John chapter 5. The opening scene has Jesus returning to uh, Jerusalem for a, a feast. And, and this feast could be uh, the Passover feast or, or the feast of unleavened bread, or it could be both of them. Either way, the, the feast of the Jews is what brings him back to Jerusalem. But why? Why is he going back? When he arrives, he, he enters the city through the northern wall gate. And this is the same gate that's in Nehemiah chapter 3. It's the same gate that was restored under Nehemiah's leadership as he rebuilt the walls. It's the same gate that the high priest and the priest at the time rebuilt. These priests actually hung the gate, hung the doors on this gate. They even consecrated this gate in Nehemiah 3. So this set-apart gate is known as the Sheep Gate. That's an interesting name. It's an interesting name. And what do y'all think happened at this Sheep Gate? What was happening? What used to happen there? Well, there used to be a sheep market there at, at one point, and there used to be a sheep pool there once you get in, inside uh, of the gate. You see, the sheep, that, that was sold and, and purchased at this market were sacrificial lambs. And once they were purchased, they were led into the wall through this gate, and then they went into the sheep pool to be washed before going into the temple. And now, generations later, Jesus enters Jerusalem the same gate. Why? What, 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 what is he communicating? One day while he was with his disciples, John the Baptist says he saw Jesus coming towards him, and John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world has just entered Jerusalem through the sheep gate. And he's walking towards uh, uh, the pool, but he's not going to be washed because his time has not yet come. He's going towards the pool for another reason. And so when he gets to the pool, he sees a group of people lying around in colonnades. This Lamb of God, he, he, he sees maybe hundreds of people, and each of them has some physical disability, some handicap that they're living with, blind, that the lame are paralyzed. They're, they're described as invalids. But invalids doesn't define them as a human being. Do I need to say that again? That is an amen statement. They are not, their, their disability and handicap does not define them. The people Jesus see laying in, in these colonnades, they're, they're all image bearers, okay? All of them have been created in, in the image of God, and, and all of them have value and self-worth and, and dignity. They are just going through some hard stuff. Or as patients say, they have an extended day 
extended time in the season of harvest. Their bodies aren't working the way God intended for their bodies to work in Genesis 1 and 2. That's what's going on. And some of you here may can relate to that. Maybe you're living with a, uh, some disability, some handicap, some sickness, or maybe you know someone who is like a, a military veteran suffering from PTSD, which is real. Like parents raising kids with disabilities. You may be one of those parents. If it's not a physical disability, you're dealing with something hard. Beloved, please know that whatever you are dealing with, it does not define you. And whatever you're going to deal with isn't going to define you. Your condition can't tell you who you are. You're not your disability. You're not your sickness. You're not your handicap. You're fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And you have value. You have worth. And you have dignity. You are just going through some hard stuff. And the Lamb of God wants to enter into your hard stuff. He wants to enter into the gate of your life. And when he does, he sees you as an image bearer. He sees what you're going through, and then he ministers to you. You see, Jesus ministers to particular people. Not just people in general. To particular people without treating their value and their dignity and their worth like a doormat. You want some more of it? He approaches us very differently than I approach my fellow college student back in college. For example, he, he zero in on one particular man lying in one of those colonnades. He sees this man laying on his mat And there are four things that that Jesus knows about this particular person. First, he's created in the image of God. Second, this man is is, is dealing with some type of physical disability for 38 years. And third, he's been laying on this mat for a long time. And fourth, he's laying on that mat waiting for God. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? In fact, all those people laying in those five colonnades are waiting for the same thing. They're waiting for the movement of the water in that sheep pool. Because there's a belief that if you get into this water, when the water stirs up, it has some type of magical powers to heal you from whatever you're dealing with. It's all about timing. So what are you waiting on for your healing? The pool here is no longer called Sheepgate. It's called Bethesda, which means house of mercy. The man Jesus sees has been waiting a long time for some healing mercy. And knowing this, Jesus takes time to 
personally connect with this man. He initiates a, a dialogue with him by asking a question, do you want to be healed? He didn't assume he wants to be healed. He just asked the question. What is your gut reaction when you see parents raising kids with disabilities? What, what's your thought process when, when you see a person in a wheelchair? When you see a person who has a lost limb, when you see a deaf person, when you see kids in the special education class, when you see a blind person, when, you, when your parents start to develop dementia, when your spouse gets an uncurable disease, when your child is born with some form, with some deformity, what's your response? DeAndra Dixon was born with Down syndrome. Her condition didn't hold her back from living a flourishing life. You see, DeAndra was born into a, a family who loved and, and accepted her completely. They treated her uh, as an image bearer with dignity and value and, and self-worth. They didn't raise her to be defined by Down syndrome. It's what she was going through. It's not who she was. I read an article this week about DeAndra. And the article says DeAndra's family gave her the gift of complete acceptance, confidence, and knowledge. They empowered her to graduate with a regular diploma from high school and to take life by storm, which if you knew DeAndra, she actually did. She became known as an accomplished dancer, a public speaker, and, and, a, and a lifetime of Special Olympics athlete. She even became a global ambassador and model and spokesman from, for the Global Down Syndrome Foundation. And in 2009, she was the first recipient of the Quincy Jones's Exceptional Advocacy Award. In 2018, DeAndra and her older brother, Jamie Fox, gave a joint interview with Dateline. Fox credited his sister with giving perspective to his life that was filled with fame and fortune from his acting career. He says of his sister, I learned how to live. Sometimes you get caught up in our world with the extra of everything. All oh, the Mercedes is not the right color. And then you see this girl. I just want to live. I want to dance. She brings me back down to what life People with disabilities need more than pity. They need more than us feeling sorry for them. They deserve more than our assumptions and, and our good intentions. They are image bearers as they are. They value self-worth and dignity. They don't need to be fixed. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. Let's see them as such. Let's accept them completely. Let's, let's welcome them in our church without it being awkward. If you are a Christian today, please know that you can be the hands and feet of Jesus to image bearers with disabilities. Are we even a church that people with disabilities have are as accessible to? Can they even get inside the sanctuary? Can they even use our restroom? I'm talking about the low-hanging fruit. Are we accessible to them? And if they come, would they feel seen? Would they feel welcome if they entered this sanctuary? 
the kingdom of God is for people with disabilities and people who don't have disabilities. Do you know that? The gospel is for them. Jesus died for them. They have a place in, in any local church or, or community of believers. And guess what? They can use their talents and time and treasures to serve their local church, just like the rest of us. They can even be the hands and feet of Jesus to you. They can even love and serve you. Jesus loves people with disabilities, handicaps, or any other thing that they're going through. Just like he's loving the man who's been an invalid for 38 years. Remember Jesus' question to him, do you want to be healed? At this point, the, the man does not know the identity of the person asking him this question. He's clueless. He even seems to misunderstand the question. He, he appears to see Jesus as an average Joe bypasser or a potential person who can actually finally help him get into the pool. So, Because when you get into the pool at the right time, you may receive some healing. He responds to Jesus as, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another one steps down before me. No friends and family, okay, there to help him in his time of need. What about you? What about you? And when he tries to pull himself up by his own bootstraps, Someone else cuts in front of him and get in the pool before him. Okay? Our country is filled with people being told, once you pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. When they do, they get knocked back down by the system or by other people. And then we tell them, you should have tried harder. Please know the man conversing with Jesus, he wasn't disabled all of his life. He just says, for 38 years. But maybe he was a hard worker. Maybe he was part of a good community. Maybe he used to go to the, the Passover feast and, and celebrate and have fun and dance. Life has just happened to him, just like it happens to all of us. Live long enough, life is going to happen. And when that does happen, you don't have to give up and quit. For there's all ways hope. The man talking with Jesus, the man here is actually talking with hope because hope is a person. Not in a book, not in a conference. It's a person. The man he calls sir is more than just an average Joe bypasser. He's more than the all-state guy offering you a good pair of good hands. He's more than a, a superhero rushing in to save the day. This, sir, is the Lamb of God, our Passover. He's the unleavened bread without sin that's from heaven. He is the bread of life for all people. He is the good shepherd. And not only is he the good shepherd, he is the very door that the sheep can go into. So Jesus is your sheep gate. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is mercy, is the mercy of God in the flesh. So mercy in the flesh is asking this man, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be whole? 
Now, where is Jesus in relation to this man? See, the man is laying down. Now, where is Jesus? Does Jesus ask this question by standing over the man? Hey, uh, you want to be healed? Or does Jesus, the Lamb of God, kneels down, looks him face to face, and says, do you want to be healed? Which one do you think it is? Either way, Jesus treats this man with dignity, value, self-worth. And then he tells him to get up, take up your mat, and walk. So there's power in the very words of Jesus. He doesn't even have to touch the man. He just speaks it over him. Get up, pick up your mat, and you walk. And at once, that man is healed, and he takes up his mat. He gets up, picks up his bed, and he walks. And there's no need for him to ever come back to one of those colonnades ever again. No need for him to get into this pool waiting for the stirring of water because the one who is the water of life is just giving him life. The healing mercy that he's been waiting for has finally arrived and he was not even asking for it. Jesus showed up in his life unannounced. And sometimes he does that in our lives. Unannounced. He said, without our permission, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be made right with the Father? Do you want to be forgiven? Do you want to be okay? Do you want to be in community? Do you want to be liked and fully known? Do you want to be accepted? Then here I am. I am here. steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never comes to an end. They are new every morning. So great is your faithfulness. And so if you have seven faith in Jesus today, then you woke up today with new morning mercies. So when life happens, you do not have to quit and give up because in Christ you can get up, pick up your bed, and you can walk. In the power of the Holy Spirit. When discouragement comes over you because you're tired of your kids and your kids are tired of you and you can't pay your bills and, and you're frustrated and you, and you just want to give up, you can go to Christ and you can get up, pick up your stuff, and you can keep on living because you got a Savior who rose again. Sometimes you can just take baby steps when you're walking. It ain't got to be bit stride. Sometimes it's baby steps, and sometimes you may have to crawl, but you're still moving. No way. Everybody wasn't happy when this man was healed, okay? Other people weren't rejoicing. There was a other group of people who said, who, who, why are you walking and picking up your mat on, on the Sabbath? Who told you to do that? Well, I don't know who he was, but the man who healed me told me to get up and take up my mat and walk, and I did. Everybody is not going to appreciate the way Jesus works in your life. And then you're going to have some people who try to convince you it ain't even him doing it. And when that happens, get up, pick up your stuff, and move on with your life. Because you already got the approval of the one who really matters. You don't need the approval of other people. And sometimes those people are in your own house or in your own family. 
People don't have to live rent free in your head. Why? Because of Christ. Because of Jesus. So you get up, pick up your stuff, and walk. When you face persecution, because sometimes you will, because of your faith, get up, pick up your mat, and walk because you have a Savior who has already overcome. Because you have already, he's already overcome. You were overcome. So you can still live, people. You can have joy, people. And later on, when Jesus sees the man in the temple, he says, see, you're well. Sin no more so that nothing else bad may happen to you. People, some people think, well, maybe it was because of sin that he was sick. What Jesus is saying, you now have newness of life. You don't have to go back to your vomit. Get up, pick up your stuff, and walk. That's who you used to be. That's who you, that's what you used to do. Because in Christ, you, you, you still struggle with sin, but sin is no longer your master. Sin no longer has a hold on your life. You, can, you have freedom, people. Pick up your stuff and walk and to live. And live. When the enemy condemns you, get up, pick up your stuff, and walk. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You got to remember this stuff. When I, always, I'm, I, when I was writing this sermon, I wondered, why does, why does Jesus tell him to pick up the bed? He could have just left the bed there. You know that, right? Because he, he don't have to go back there and lay down in it. Maybe the bed is there to, to, to remind him, this is what God brought me from. What's your bed? What, 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 what do you need to remember what he brought you for? Because you might not be where you want to be, but you ain't in a colonnade laying down in the bed no more. Because his sanctification in your life is progressive. It is happening. So at the end of the day, no matter what we're going through, we've got to remember that he who began a good work in us will bring that work into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You've got to hold on to that stuff. When, you, when Jesus sees you, who does he see? He sees the light. He sees, that's my child. That's my son. That's my daughter. Yeah, they may be messy, but they're mine. And I'm working on them. They're not a finished product yet, but because they're never going to be in this life, but they're going to be. Because one day you will be in a place where there's no more sin, there's no more disabilities, there's no more mental health issues, there's no more struggles, there's no more anything. So, Because we're moving our way to there. But until then, please know Jesus is still with you. And sometimes you just got to ask him, give me one more day to move forward. Because sometimes, as a Christian, we just got to say, I just need to do the next right thing. When it comes to parenting, let's do the next right thing. When it comes to my marriage, let's do the next right thing. When it comes to the job that I hate, let me just show up and do the next right thing. Because sometimes that's all you can do. James Cleveland once said, 
I don't feel no ways tired. We have come too far from where we all started from. Where did you start from? That could be your map to remember. Where did you start from? Nobody told you that the road would be easy. And if they did, that's bad and horrible theology. Nobody told you. Jesus didn't tell you the road was going to be easy. Life was going to be comfortable. You're going to live your best life now. There was a book about that, but it ain't true. James Stephen says, I don't believe he has brought us this far to leave us now. That's what he promised you. So as you go out and navigate this week and, and things going to be coming at you, disappointments going to be coming at you, you got to remember James Cleveland, he has not brought you this far to leave you now. To leave you now. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, pray that you would be the only one who lives rent-free in our hearts and our minds. Because you're the only one who reminds us of truth. And so I pray that as we move and navigate the rest of our week, I pray um, that you will give, help us all to remember who we are as beloved. Help us to remember that Jesus is enough. Help us to remember that he is a healer. Some things will get healed on this side of glory. Sometimes it will be in the life to come. But one thing that he has promised is that he would be with us to the very end, to the very end of the age. And I pray for all this in Christ's name. Amen. Will you please stand as we close our service?
Before I do the benediction, you can be seated. Lyle has a special announcement he wants to give. Yeah. All right. Hey, y'all again. Uh, good to see Mary Lou. It's going to be hard to top that. Uh, so I just I wanted to just spend a couple minutes to give. Uh, an excited update to you all about a, a near uh, future job transition for me and my family that uh, we've accepted. Uh, a very few small of you all have already uh, known this because of our conversations uh, and it had to come up. But since April 3rd, <clears throat> I've been working and training at Huntsville Bible College uh, as special assistant to the president. And the position when I was hired carried with it the uh, potential, uh, the hope of being chosen as their next uh, president. And so uh, after a couple of months of working there, uh, my title changed, or it's still officially special assistant, but uh, my title became official as the president-elect of uh, Huntsville Bible College, where I would become the second ever president. <clears throat> so, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> So I, I wanted to I wanted to announce this publicly to you all uh, first for two reasons. Uh, first, uh, this church has been very active in the community and in supporting local ministries, and uh, there will be opportunities for partnership in the future. Uh, I've already started encouraging HBC uh, Huntsville Bible College uh, to prepare for more volunteer activities to help with our day-to-day -day operations uh, and. I'm fully aware of this church and that many of you all are already great stewards of your money. And so what I wanted to do was ask you in advance to consider ways to volunteer your time and your energy. Uh, and so we do, like I said earlier, have many day-to-day -day office needs as far as volunteering. And that we have many committees throughout the year to help put fundraising events and uh, community events uh uh, so just be mindful so that way now when, if you see an email from Cynthia or Alex uh, with an invitation to help serve Huntsville Bible College, you know why uh, that's being uh, uh, extended to you all. And then secondly, and this is really the reason um, that I wanted, uh, and I'm grateful for Alex, to, uh, to be able to share this news with you all is because um, so much of my blessings and accomplishments are because of this church. And I owe you all that. <clears throat> Alex and the session, which uh, Richard and Alex helped me out. Is it just you two from the original session that's here still? 
Thank you both for that. Um, Alex and the session selected me over 12 years ago to do a summer internship. Uh, you remember the possum in the water? Okay, all right. We'll talk about that later. All right. Uh, to do an internship. And it started July 10, 2011. And um, while the church was starting off still, before they became particularized, they gave me a chance at this internship. And during the summer internship, it became a full-time offer that included um, going to Beeson Divinity School at Sanford to get my master's degree. And so during that four and a half years of driving back and forth, uh, Amos just walked in. He knows how that feels. Uh, I also met my beautiful wife here, who we just celebrated her birthday yesterday. And so, uh, and so I finished my MDF journey. And the very first place that I started working at after I got my degree the summer of 2016 was Huntsville Bible College. And uh, so I've been an adjunct professor there on and off since 2016. And uh, they called me in December, asked me to apply. Uh, they had been looking for over two years uh, interviewing people. In fact, the day I was interviewed, they had two more people uh, right after me. So they've been interviewing for over two years. And somehow or another, uh, they unfortunately chose me. And so, uh, but I say, all the, again, I owe you all as the church, I owe you all um, to tell you this. Uh, so many of you all have physically, emotionally, and even financially helped me and my family over these 12 years. And so I'll make an update uh, on this career uh, public to other people soon, uh, but I want you all to know first. And so uh, starting January 1st, I will begin uh, my tenure as president of Huntsville Bible College. And once the inauguration uh, date is set, it'll be sometime in February. You all will be the first ones invited and will know about it. So thank you all again. Father getting ready to cry. So, <laughs> but, um, yes, thank you, Lila. Yeah, if you don't know, Huntsville Bible College is right down the road here uh, from the church. So it's right, it's actually in the Nate community. And we carefully in the, in the future will be a wonderful place to partner with. So, so thankful for Lyle and also for Amos. You know, God has used, they, he used them to actually bless my life too. And so I'm just thankful that I got to play a part in God's journey, their journey in the, in the ministry. Thank you, brother. Will you please stand for God's benediction? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.